Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets Jesus broke control. And I want to thank you all for tuning into this series I'm covering entitled Broke Blessings. If this is your first time listening, I encourage you to listen to parts one through nine to catch up. My aim for this series is to encourage listeners to accept what God breaks in your life. Whenever God and whenever Jesus comes into your life and breaks anything, whatever was broken off of you, from around you, in you, and on you, that serves as a blessing for you. And it also serves as a blessing for any other person connected to you because God has purposed you to do some great things. And you cannot complete those great things he has in store for you and for the other people that you're connected to if you're holding on to things that are not conducive to your overall spiritual development. So I encourage you to share this episode, this series with someone you know, and also you can share any other series or episodes I've completed on the Aim Towards the Target podcast. I'm jumping right on in with the motivational aim, Jesus Broke Control, and this motivational aim targets in on how Jesus breaks the ungodly control we display in life. Now, Jesus will never break the control he has over us because Jesus is Lord. He is above us. But if we are walking around saying that we are a child of God and we are exercising ungodly influence and we're exercising ungodly power over others and ourselves, Jesus knows how to come in and break that control. And Jesus does that for a person to understand that there is only so much an individual can do. Yeah, a person might have control or exercise control over the things God allowed them to steward over, but they still have to do it God's way. If we truly want God-honoring results, we have to do things God's way. When we get to the point where we're trying to control situations so they can fit our agenda and our agenda is not aligned with God's agenda, we have a problem. We can't make God do anything. We can only do what we can do and let him take care of the rest. We must have faith in God. We have to have faith in who God says he is and we need to believe who God has proven himself to be. We should cast our cares and cast what we can't control onto God and allow God to fight our battles. We need to allow God to enforce his control in our lives because he cares for us. And I want to share a story in scripture to explain what I'm talking about. And this account can be found in John the fourth chapter and the 46th through the 54th verse. And I'll go ahead and read it. And then break it down of how it relates to this motivational aim. But I encourage you. I encourage you to read this on your own. Get you a Bible. Read this. Ask the Holy Spirit and ask God to reveal some things to you. Allow God to speak to you. And tell you how this applies to you. And what he wants you to do. Because you have 
to read the word of God for yourself. It's imperative. It's imperative. You want to read it to make sure that people are not playing with you. People are not getting scriptures to convolute them, to exercise their agenda in your life. And their agenda has nothing to do with God whatsoever. So I encourage you to read the Bible on your own in your alone time. But for the sake of this motivational aim, I encourage you to read John the 4th chapter in the 46th through the 54th verse. Okay, and here it is. He went again to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him to come down and heal his son since he was about to die. Jesus told him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Sir, the official said to him, come down before my boy dies. Go, Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. While he was still going down, his servants met him saying that his boy was alive. He asked them at what time he got better. Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him, they answered. The father realized this was the very hour at which Jesus had told him, your son will live. So he himself believed along with his whole household. Now this was also the second sign Jesus performed after he came from Judea to Galilee. Okay, now, you heard that, and for those who read it, you saw it. Let me give you a quick recap. Jesus went to Cana of Galilee. And you heard it. There was a certain royal official whose son was sick. He was ill. Now, if this man was a royal official, this man was a leader. This man had authority. In a sense, this man had control over some things. He had some control. He had control as it related to the schedule of his employees. He had control over what he needed to do. He had control over what he needed to implement, what he needed to plan, and what he needed to carry out. This man had responsibilities he had to control. And this man, as a royal official, gave commands. People followed his commands. People followed his control. People did what he told them to do under his control and under his authority. And there's nothing wrong with being a leader. There's nothing wrong in being in control over some things. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being in control of the things God puts you in control of. Now, this royal official had a son who was sick, as we already know. And when the royal official heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, 
the royal official went to Jesus and pleaded with Jesus to come down and heal his son since he was about to die. We learn a lot about this man based on his actions. We know the man didn't challenge Jesus' authority. This royal official, he knew enough about Jesus to know that Jesus had to be a leader. He knew Jesus had some power. And then he knew Jesus had control. And he knew Jesus was over him because he couldn't do what Jesus could do. That is why he pleaded with Jesus to come down and heal the son. Because if the man had control over the situation, he would have never come to Jesus. He would have done it himself. But he didn't have any control. He didn't have it. That's why he pleaded with Jesus to come down, come down, Jesus, come heal my son. And for this man to go to Jesus, we know this royal official loved his son Because only a parent who loves their child goes to Jesus on behalf of their child when their child is sick, when their child is in distress, when their child is in a compromising situation. Parents who love their children seek Jesus. They pray to Jesus. They seek healing and restoration for their children or for their child. But you see what Jesus did and said to this royal official? Jesus told the royal official, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe me. Now, why did Jesus say that to that man who was pleading with him and asking him, hey, come to my house, come heal my boy? Why would Jesus tell this man that? Jesus told a man who was a leader, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Jesus was letting this royal official know, my word is all you need. Your faith in me is all you need. You believing in my authority is what you need. This royal official knew protocol. Whenever he gave a command, if you think about authority and leadership, whatever he said, that's what it was because of his position. He didn't need to go to every meeting and every assignment, every task to prove to people that when he said something, he meant business. And when he said something, it needed to be done. So if this man is a leader or was a leader, and when he gave a command, it was done. Why didn't this man have the same faith in Jesus at that time? See, we know what the man knew Jesus could do because he approached Jesus. He went up to him and he pleaded with him. But Jesus knew that this man wanted things done his way, in his control, apart from Jesus' plan and Jesus' control. Now, was this a bad man? Most likely not, because this man was in a serious situation. You know how it is when you're going through something serious with a loved one. You want the situation fixed immediately, especially if you are a leader and you're a commander and you have control and 
people don't delay when you tell them something to do. That kind of routine sticks with you because you'll apply those results and that chain of command to anything in your life. And when things aren't fixed quickly, you need to just get it done. What do I need to go do? And you can see this man was doing that. He saw his son was sick. Oh, Jesus, yeah, I heard about him healing people. Oh, he in town? Let me go see what I need to do. Tell this man to come over here to heal my boy. I need you to come over here and do this. The man said it. Come down with me. Come with me. Come where I am before my boy dies. Sometimes we can go through some things and we don't even realize what we're telling the Lord to do because of our desperation, because of our need, anxiousness, fear. We're telling the Lord to do some things our way, according to our timetable. I don't want you to deliver me this way because I can't see past that. Come do it my way. That's what this man was doing in a sense. He wanted things done his way. And you can see how he was caught up trying to control how Jesus healed his situation. The royal official was bent on trying to tell Jesus how to answer his prayer. How to answer his request. He was caught up in trying to tell Jesus which way to do it, how to do it, the route he needs to take to do it. He was trying to manage Jesus' power by controlling Jesus. Let's go back to the 47th verse. It says, when this man heard, the royal official, when this man heard, that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee. He went to him and pleaded with him to come down and heal his son since he was about to die. So he already approached Jesus. He's pleading with him. He asked the man, hey, come down and heal my boy because my boy is about to die. Jesus told him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Sir, the official said to him, come down before my boy dies. Go, Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. That's key. And you see how the man was trying to control Jesus? I don't think he was being disrespectful. I don't think he was doing it with malicious intent. But he was caught up. And we can understand why he was caught up. But look what Jesus did. Jesus broke his control. He broke that. Jesus put this man in check. And Jesus controlled him. And said, now go. Go. Your son will live. So Jesus had to let this royal official know, yeah, I know you in control of some things. And I know you tell people to go. But you're talking to the king of kings the Lord of Lords, and I'm your commander right now. I'm the highest divine royal official. So listen to me. Don't tell me to come to you. You do as I say, go. Your son will live. 
See, it was something that Jesus displayed, something this man heard, something this man identified with, he understood, and he did what Jesus said do. His control was broke. Whatever he was doing, trying to control his situation, Jesus broke that control and let the man know, I'm in control. This man had enough sense to do what Jesus said to do, and the man made a distinct decision to believe what Jesus said. And in order for that royal official to believe Jesus, that royal official understood and realized the voice of divine control and authority. He didn't question Jesus at that moment because Jesus broke his control, so he obeyed. He believed, and he walked towards his miracle with control broken off of him. And when Jesus broke the control off of him, that royal official, that father, was blessed. He was blessed because one of his servants met him as he was walking home. And his servant said to him, hey, the boy's alive. And the father, the royal official, he asked, what time and when was the boy healed? And the servant said, oh, yeah, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. See, the father recalled that was the time Jesus broke control over my life. Jesus broke that control over me. And I'm so glad I allowed him to break it. Because if Jesus had not broken that control over me, there's no telling what my son would be because of my actions. This royal official, he put his controlling ways aside and he submitted to the power and control of Jesus. And this changed his life, his son's life, and his whole household was transformed because they believed Jesus and they respected God's control. They respected godly control. They knew Jesus was Lord, or he is Lord. And they knew Jesus as a savior. They knew him as a deliverer. And they knew him as a healer. And then they knew him as a divine controller. And this is what our aim should be. Matter of fact, this should be our daily aim. We don't need to confuse the power and control the Lord has blessed us with on earth to do what he told us to do and get carried away thinking we can go to Jesus, we can go to God telling him, okay, Lord, I have this going on and I have that going on and I need you to go ahead and come down and do what I say, do it the way I say it so I can have what I want the way I want it because this is, you know, bothering me and I need this fixed quick, fast and in a hurry. And then we're going to Jesus with those type of demands and those type of requests. Is anything wrong with going to the Lord for healing, for deliverance, for liberation, for understanding, for revelation, for wisdom, for insight, for protection? Is it anything wrong with going to God with anything and asking him to help us? Absolutely not. The issue is... We go to Jesus asking him for things, but then we're telling him or we're trying to control how he does it. That's the problem. And when the Lord is not moving fast enough, we find ourselves begging him, pleading with him, telling him, give me a sign that you're going to do what you said you're going to do because you need what's going on. It's taking a little too long, Lord. What's the deal? And then we move from that 
We're crying and just screaming because this kind of stuff works with anybody else. So let me try it with the Lord because he's taking too long when I'm just being direct with him. So let me try to cry my way to get what I want. That's how I'm going to control him. So Lord, Lord, do it now. (laughs) Do it now, Lord. Come into this place now. I know you can do it. Do it my way now. Do it my way. Just do it my way. When I wake up tomorrow and when I turn on the TV, show me what I want to see my way. Lord, Lord, I I know you hear me. That stuff don't work. It doesn't work. You can't control God. God will come through and break that control. He'll break it. And if you keep those controlling tactics up, your answers and stuff just might be delayed. An answer you would have probably received within five minutes a day, a week. Stuff would be pushed back for some months or some years. You know why it's pushed back? Because he has to break that control off of you. So you can know, uh-uh, <laughs> trash don't work. It's trash. I have to break that trash off of you. I have to break that control off of you. So you can know you come to me, you come correct. And you can't make me or manipulate me to do anything. So let me take you away from your problem. It's still going to be there. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and put you in an incubator since you crying and whining and got all these control issues. You acting like a baby. So I need to help develop you some more. You know what that is? Jesus breaking control. That's what he's doing. See, we don't have the authority to tell Jesus how to vindicate us, how to heal us, how to restore us, how to prosper us, how to deliver us. And we don't have the authority to tell Jesus how to do it with our loved ones. We don't. We don't have control over him. We don't need to get it confused just because God blessed you with control. It's not for you, me. It's not for us to control him with the control he blessed us with. That's not how that goes. Yeah, we have control over what we allow in our minds. We have control over what we allow in our hearts. We have control over what we will choose, whether it be life or death. Life of the right decisions or the death of the bad decisions. The life of great relationships or the death of bad company. The life of right living or the death of wicked behavior. The life of believing in Jesus or the death of submitting to Satan. Yeah, we have control over that. But when we approach Jesus and we approach God... We have to put our control in perspective because our control is for what God told us to do with it. As I said earlier, the control God grants us with is not for us to control him because God and Jesus can't be controlled. God will not be controlled by his creation. The creation cannot control the creator, but the creator can control the creation 
God the Father, the Creator, can control us, but we can't control Him. And when He sees us walking around with the wrong mindset, whether we know we are in the wrong mindset or not, whether we are doing it intentionally or we don't have any idea what we're doing, Jesus knows how to come through and break that. Just like the boy in Scripture, his daddy. His daddy had the right intentions, but the way he did it was wrong. It's the way he came at Jesus, and that is what we need to check. Despite our good intentions and our priorities, we need to be mindful about what we do, what we say, and who we are trying to control. What we are trying to control. Jesus knows how to break our control. And be honest with yourself. Do you have a control problem? Do you have an issue trying to control everything and everybody in every way and every time? And then when people don't respond to your controlling tactics, do you become angry? Are you angry because people won't submit to your control outside of your assigned authority? And I'm not talking about you being a leader, a parent, grandparent, guardian, or boss. I'm not talking about the task that you assign to lead to your family or your loved ones or your siblings, your employees, your coworkers, those people you manage. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about... God gave you control over some things and then you find yourself trying to control every aspect of how things are completed. When it's completed, how it's completed, how many times they need to breathe through their nostrils. Uh, They're taking too many short breaths. You don't like that. You're criticizing them. They didn't open the door the right way. They didn't close the door the right way. Oh, they didn't answer the phone the right way. They didn't hang up the right way. All they had to do was this. If they would have did that, you'd be okay. They're taking too long. Oh, my goodness. They just don't do it the way that I do things. (laughs) I got to do it my way. I got to do it myself. And then an individual with that raggedy attitude They're going to God and they're going to Jesus saying, okay, Lord, uh, I got this going on and I got this going on and I need you to fix it, change it, turn it around, do whatever you're going to do. But I need it done right now this way. And Lord, I'm going to go ahead and give you 30 seconds because I have a tight schedule and get to it. Yeah, do that. If you're doing that, if you act like that, if you said that, if you had that type of stuff on you, that control on you, get ready because Jesus is going to come through. Since you invited him in and told him, Lord, I need this done, he's looking at some things he needs to do in you that you don't see, and he's going to break that control off of you. You'll be just like that man in Scripture walking away thinking, okay, I'm a commander, I'm a royal official. The Lord told me to go. I... I normally tell people to go. He told me to go. You'll be just like that man walking away, stripped of what you thought you had control over. And you'll be depending, and you'll have to have faith in God's word alone 
and just do what he told you to do, you have to check that because Satan will use the lack of control and offense as an inroad in someone's life. Let's go back to this man in scripture as an example. What if this man, just what if, when Jesus said, go, go home, the boy's healed. What if the man, who's a father, who's also a royal official, Jesus told him, go. What if he didn't go? What if he stood there and said, Jesus, why are you talking to me like that, telling me to go? I mean, you act like I'm not in control of nothing. You act like I don't have a job. You talking to me like I'm dumb. You talking to me like I don't have any type of training, like I'm just some imbecile or something. You ain't had to talk to me like that. I ain't dumb. I ain't dumb. I was only talking to you because I heard that you heal people and stuff, so I was just coming to see if you could just heal my boy. So you ain't the only one who in control. I got control. So I was just coming to see if you could just help me out, but you talking to me kind of rough. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Got all this bass in your voice telling me to go. Don't you go somewhere. Yeah, ain't you supposed to be a Christian or something? Talking to me like that. Treat others like you want to be treated. I mean, you ain't treating me nice right now telling me to go and you know my boy's sick. Man, uh-uh, man. I don't know. See? See? That man, if he didn't check himself, and if he didn't submit to God's authority and believe God and believe Jesus, Satan would have came on in, messed with his mind because he needs to distract the man. He needs to destroy the man. He needs to kill the man and his family. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If the man would have listened to Satan, he would have said those responses that I just provided. Oh, Jesus, you think I'm dumb? See, Satan would have came in if the man would have allowed Satan to come in. Satan would have had him saying, Hey, Jesus talking to you like you dumb. He acting like you, you don't have a job. See, when you give Satan that kind of access where you don't shut that trash out, he'll have you responding to Jesus in a disrespectful way, Picking up offense, and Jesus is not here to offend anybody. Jesus was healing the man's son and breaking control off of that man to bless him. But Satan doesn't want us to see that. He wants us to look at, why Jesus talked to me like that? I don't like the way this feels. He didn't have to break that off of me like that. He had to say it in front of all them people. I don't like that. See, picking up the spirit of offense, picking up offense, period. And then, now you're distracted. Looking at the wrong stuff. Mad at God about nothing. When you should be mad at Satan. Mad at yourself and mad at the control that has you under this illusion. It's not a game when Jesus breaks those things off of you. You can't get caught up saying how you don't like the way Jesus broke a branch off of you. No. You need to be as bold as this man was. Yeah, he realized later, most likely, that, oh, I was trying to get Jesus to control some stuff. 
He came at Jesus one way, but he left a totally different way with some stuff broken off of him, and that's what we want to do. He was bold enough to go to God. He was bold enough to go to Jesus. When Jesus told him about himself, he was still going to heal his son, but Jesus told him about himself. He broke some stuff, and he walked in boldness. He let that stuff stay broken off of him, and it blessed him, it blessed his son, and it blessed his entire household. Household includes if servants lived with him, if employees lived with him, his relatives, if they lived with him, whole household transformed because this man allowed Jesus to break control off of him. As I mentioned earlier, you have to check that because Satan will use the lack of control a person has at that time when they submit themselves to Jesus and then offense as an inroad in someone's life. And then that person, if they don't check it, they're mad at God, and they want to turn to their own devices, their own control, to get what they want, not realizing that what they think they want is an illusion for what they do not want. God will show you. He will show you 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter and the seventh verse states, for we live by faith and not by sight. And there will be a lot of things you will have to walk in faith for that you cannot see. And Jesus might tell you, hey, go, I got this. I'm in control. I'm control. I love you. I got you. But go, go back home. Learn the lesson that I'm breaking off of you. You can't control how I deliver you. You can't control how I bring you out. You cannot control how I save you. And then you can't control the way I do things. Yeah, you probably heard about the stories of how I healed somebody, but that's their story, not yours. Don't try to control me. Don't try to control the way I healed them, thinking that's the way your healing's going to be. Your prosperity is going to be. Your deliverance is going to be. It doesn't work like that. I have something totally different from you. So go. Go home. I'm doing yours a different way. Yeah, Jesus does that with us, if we're honest. You know God knows how to have you walking home, driving home, riding home, thinking about how you are not in control with tears coming down your eyes. (laughs) You know. You know how it is when you are in a room crying to yourself in a corner because you're not in control. Walking, whatever you're doing when you're by yourself, thinking, you know what, I'm not in control of nothing. <laughs> I thought I knew some. I don't know anything. I, I don't know. I don't, Lord, I don't know. I give it to you. I just don't. Jesus and God know how to put you in those situations. And when they do that, they're breaking control off of you. And it's a blessing because now you understand the importance of trusting in him and believing him. God knows how to let you know he is your source and you are not your source. You can't do what you think you can do apart from him. Whenever you invite Jesus in, he will break some things off of you. And whatever he breaks off of you is a blessing. Never forget that. Don't get offended. Whenever you get offended, just holler, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, just say that. Jesus is Lord. (laughs) Make yourself. Make yourself say it. 
Jesus Christ is Lord and I am not in control. God, you're in control. Jesus Christ is Lord. Just say it. I know some of y'all laughing, but just say it. That offense has to run because offense can't live there. When offense hears Jesus is Lord, offense is going to take off running. It's going to say, we we can't live here. We, We can't operate here. They're not giving us no room to stay and play and steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, we can't even invite nothing to come in. Yeah, because I was trying to get resentment to come to the party. Oh, talking about Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, let's, let's leave. When you do that, you're not giving resentment the time of day. You're not doing it. You're not doing it because you don't have time for pride and Satan to come on in there. You don't have time for it. You want Jesus to break those things off of you because you want to be blessed. You want to grow. You want to operate in the capacity that Jesus has for you. That's what you want to do. So allow Jesus to break that stuff that doesn't belong in you off of you. Because when he does, there's a blessing associated with it, okay? And the scripture I would like to leave you with is John the 4th chapter in the 50th verse. And it states, Go. Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. And one more scripture I want to share with you is Proverbs, the 19th chapter in the 21st verse. And it reads, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I encourage you to ponder on those scriptures and understand that we can have a plan and the plan can be a good plan. And we could have a plan to implement and we want to exert our control. We want to just do everything we want to do to achieve this plan. And that plan could be a good plan. But if it's not the plan God has for us, the Lord knows how to come through and break that plan. And break that control that we put forth trying to implement that plan. The Lord has a plan for us. And it's better than our own. And in that plan of safety, provision, prosperity, health, peace, and a dynamic relationship with him, God's plan is to break the controls that are controlling us and hindering our growth in him. We want to be on God's agenda. We want to be in alignment with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we want to submit to God's control. That's the plan. That's the purpose. And that's the control we want to submit to. Nothing else. All right? So remain encouraged. Thank you all for tuning in. Feel free to visit drkenitrabryant.com. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram at aim towards the target. Peace and God bless.